A podcast we'd like you to check out is The Movies Ruined My Life Podcast. MRML is just a bunch of friends having ridiculous conversations about movies that they love. They are sometimes vulgar, sometimes reserved, and sometimes introspective. Okay, they're almost always vulgar. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find Movies Ruin My Life on SoundCloud, iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, Mixcloud, or at their website, MoviesRuinMyLife.com. Another podcast we'd like you to check out is The Screen Dump Podcast. Movie musings from a couple of people who have an obsession for watching pixelated motion on big, medium, or small screens. You can find Screen Dump on SoundCloud and Mixcloud under Screen Dump. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I am Steve Shives. And on this show, Steve and I take a precious, precious classic film, we bundle it up into a spaceship, and we launch it off into space, and hopefully, when it'll land, and it'll, it'll land on a planet, and everyone will go, yeah, that's a classic movie. Or it'll land on a different planet, and they'll go, oh, this is a piece of garden. Uh, I started, the metaphor started good, and now I don't know where it's going. You know what would be weird? What if, yeah. instead of landing in the field of kindly Kansas farmers, it landed in the Soviet Union. Oh, that sounds like a, a, a an other worlds comic. It kind of does. In fact, I think it was. I believe it was. Yes. Okay, I'm dropping the metaphor. This is what we do. We take a classic film, <laughs> me and Steve. We we recap the plot. That's what we do, and then we review it, and we decide, hey, does this movie deserve to be a classic, or is this movie actually a pile of garbage that no one should watch? Or sometimes we take a movie that everyone hates, and everyone says, look at that ugly, gross. Who invited that movie to the party? Oh my god. We hate it. And we go we go over to it and we say, hey, how you doing? We buy it a drink. We get to know it. And if it's still a piece of garbage, then we tell everyone in the room, it's a piece of garbage. Or we go, hey, you know what? This movie is not as bad as everyone thinks. We've never actually done that. <laughs> but it could happen at any time. Because we've looked at some real steamy piles of garbage. And it turns out, no matter how much we dug through the garbage, all we got was tetanus and... <laughs> And it was still a big pile of garbage. Yeah, it, it turns out the the dung heap doesn't actually have that many diamonds in it. <laughs> so now you're probably wondering, uh oh, what, what classic movie are they going to do? Well, I always almost I almost said in honor of the release, but mm. I don't think there's any honor in this review um, <laughs> um, because of the release or despite the release. <laughs> of a particular movie called Batman v Superman Dawn of a Franchise, Steve mm-hmm. and I decided that we are going to review that classic film that is almost, well, actually, it's, yeah, it's almost 40 years old. We're going to look at the progenitor of all superheroes. It took a little while. <laughs> <laughs> for everyone else to go, hey, there's money in superhero movies. <laughs> the classic film, Superman the movie. Mm-hmm. Right? This is this is the two of us taking shelter before the coming storm. <laughs> because here's here's something else to keep you guys listening. There's going to be a special bonus episode where Steve and I review Batman v Superman Dawn of the Whatevers, and then we perform seppuku. <laughs> yeah. It may well turn out that way. We're uh, both, we have everything that we have on our bodies is crossed that this is going to be a good movie. Yes. 
despite everything that tells us to the contrary that it probably isn't. I don't even know why we're bothering to go see the movie. That one of the trailers literally showed beat for beat everything that happens in the film. Here's what happens in this movie. Every single important thing. Here's who everybody is. Here's why they're mad at each other. Here's what happens. But in order to gird our loins, we decided we'd go running back to a movie that we both like and uh, re-examine it and see, you know, maybe this has flaws. Maybe this has problems. Maybe people should stop saying that it's the greatest Superman ever out of out of uh, reflex. Maybe they should re-examine things that they think are good. That's oh, I don't point. think so. That's the whole point of this podcast <laughs> so uh steve you ready to hear uh, who made it and why and what's up and who's the what's it's yes i am i am ready to hear about the who's the what's it's that made this movie right superman the movie not mm-hmm. to be confused with superman the car park or superman the, the animated series which is actually a thing <laughs> you need to tell people what stuff is okay? why did they call it superman the movie it is so awful it's, it's not superman a movie it's Superman the movie. <laughs> this is the one. But I mean, it's just, it became a joke the moment they stuck it on there because then everyone used it as a joke title for other things. Right. You know, Care Bears the movie. It's just, uh, okay, whatever. Superman the movie was directed by Richard Donner. Produced by Pierre Spengler. Screenplay by, with a long caveat by me, Mario Puzo, <laughs> David Newman, Leslie Newman, and Robert Benton. However, just take Mario. Mario Puzo's name, crumple it up and throw it over and it to a ball because apparently there was a guy named Tom Mankiewicz who rewrote Puzo's 550 page script. <laughs> Now, uh, some people may or may not know this. Superman 1 and 2 were filmed simultaneously. So that, you you know, they filmed the first movie and then they filmed the second movie. And that's basically the script, the 550-page script. Right. 550 pages is long for even two movies. Oh, my God, yes. Um, <laughs> So they brought in Tom Mankiewicz to rewrite Puzo's script. And uh, apparently, according to Mankiewicz, he wrote it from top to bottom. There is very little of what Puzo had originally written that wound up in the film. However, the screenwriter... Guild, who knew which side the, their but bread was buttered on, were not going to take away Mario Puzo's. God, you're not going to take away the Godfather's Mario Puzo's writing credit for Superman. I'm crazy. Well, can we add Tom Mankiewicz? Fuck you. That's why Tom Mankiewicz <laughs> isn't included in the screenplay. They had to give him a special consultant credit and also a kick in the balls. <laughs> yeah. So just when the when the uh, when the big letters appear on screen in the opening credits and it says creative consultant Tom Mankiewicz, that's that's the guy who wrote the movie. Yeah, it should say, guy who wrote all this shit, Tom yeah. Mankiewicz. Story by, and I'll give him this credit, Mario Puzo, because I think it probably followed his framing, probably. Oh. Probably. Here comes my next tirade, based <laughs> on Superman by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Now, for those of you who don't know, Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster died penniless after creating the most popular superhero ever, and their families tried desperately to get those two guys' names in the credits if they had not sued to get their names placed onto this movie, they would not be credited as the creators of Superman. Yeah, th- it, which was a huge deal because yeah. now, like, that sort of that sort of credit is relatively common. Right. You know, you see, like, based on characters created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko or whatever, right. but this was the first time that creators yeah. who had created characters for a company yeah, actually because got the their DC credit. cocksuckers didn't want to have to pay Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster for the most popular superhero ever. Yeah, even though they only made it up. 
<laughs> yeah, and created it and, and came up with the majority of it. Um, and this kind of struggle is still continuing. There are still Superman legal struggles between the family and what's going on um, in the comics. And uh, DC has been trying... Uh, if you've noticed some changes to Superman that you don't like, it has something to do with that. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was nice to see their names put up there. I was, it was nice to see just a minor victory for the two nerds. And they were nerds. The two nerds who created something this phenomenally popular mm-hmm. to get credit where credit is due. Rant over. Uh-oh, here comes another one. <laughs> Starring Marlon Brando. Does he play Superman? No. Oh. He plays uh, Jor-El, Superman's oh. pop-pop. Okay. Um, here's the deal. Brando signed on as Jor-El with a salary of $3.7 million and 11% of the box office gross profits. His total paycheck at the time, and this is a whopping paycheck for the mid-70s, was $19 million. How much work did he put into it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's just say that this, I think, is the first movie where uh, Brando refused to memorize lines and instead read all of his dialogue off of cue cards, which, if you watch the movie, you can actually see him fucking doing. (laughs) And I guess uh, in order to uh, get out of even more work so that he could just read his lines into a microphone, he actually proposed to Donner that jor appear as a green suitcase or a bagel with Brando's <laughs> voice. Yeah. I mean, what else do you really need to know about Brando? Like, Brando is a personality at that point. When he gets paid almost $20 million to do, like, to basically only appear in the first act of the movie. And yeah. he's still trying to find ways to make it easier for him. <laughs> I here's the thing I like his performances not all of them but he's a nightmare he just yeah. I don't know what happened to him in the 70s but he just said I don't want to do this anymore <laughs> you know it was like yeah and guess who else had problems right after this with him same deals was Francis Ford oh, Coppola yeah. who was going bonkers in the Philippines trying to make Apocalypse Now and then in walks Marlon Brando who said who told him he was gonna lose weight and he didn't he even got fatter <laughs> And he didn't bother to memorize his lines. And Ford Coppola was so stressed out at the time. He was like, fuck it. Just say whatever the fuck you're going to say. I'm going to film it. (laughs) I'll just write around you, Marlon. Just go ahead. Your movie, no actor is worth that amount of stress. And I kind of think we've gotten past that at this point. I don't know if there are actors out there that have these kinds of demands. I know that they have higher price tags. But uh, if I had been making the movie and Marlon Brando said, I want to be a green suitcase or... I don't know, an apple. And I don't, I would just want to make up my own dialogue. <laughs> well, Marlon, you signed a contract <laughs> oh, and we're paying right. you we half got the Walter budget. Matthau to play Jorel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. There's only one hope. We've got to send him to another world. <laughs> you crazy? The whole world's going to blow up. <laughs> Okay, that's only one credit down. Let's go and get on with the others. Gene Hackman. Thank you, Gene, for doing the movie. <laughs> and Christopher Reeve. Was Who does Christop- he play? Was Christopher Reeve their first choice for Superman? No. <laughs> Want to hear? Want to yeah. hear some of the other people that were offered the role? I'm not talking about the people who lobbied for it because there were some people who lobbied for the role. I'm talking about the people that they actually went to and asked, "Hey, you want to be Superman? You ready? Okay, Let's this is an all have a fun game. When I say these names, take that face and stick it onto Superman. Ready? Here we go: <laughs> Robert Redford, mm. Paul Newman, Burt Reynolds, well, James Caan, <laughs> James Brolin, uh, well, Lyle Wagner. No, not so much. Christopher Walken. Ah. Nick Nolte. Well, no. John Voight. Oh, I don't. Perry King. (laughs) 
Here are the last two, and they must have been so desperate. Chris Christopherson. Mm, oh. And Charles Bronson. Uh. I would pay wow. so much money to have Charles Bronson play Superman. <laughs> hey, buddy. I'm Superman. Hope you didn't have plans tonight, Miss Lane. <laughs> Superman carries a gun now, right? Of course he does. <laughs> With his shoulder holster, like, across the S. <laughs> okay, we have more of a Cassia. Okay. okay. I think all my rants are over. Okay. Ned Beatty, Jackie Cooper, Glenn Ford, Trevor Howard, Margot Kidder, Valerie Perrine, Maria Schell, Terrence Stamp, mm-hmm. Phyllis Thaxter, Susanna York, and that's it. Nobody else was in this. <laughs> Music by John Williams. And I like this music better than Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite scores, too, actually. Come at me, bro. Come I at love me. the Superman score. Yeah. Uh, cinematography by Jeffrey Unsworth. You get an A, Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. Holy cow, you brought your A game for what would many people consider to be a really silly superhero movie. You really did turn in some fucking awesome shots. That You know, I, when I was re-watching it this time, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I just stepped into an Andrew, Andrew Wyeth painting. <laughs> <laughs> um, edited by Stuart Baird and Michael Ellis. The production company was Film Export AG. Oh, wait, there's another one. Dove Mead Limited. Oh, and one more. <laughs> and International Film Productions. It was released on December 10th, 1978 in Washington, D.C. Running time, 143 minutes. It was budgeted at $55 million, the most expensive movie made to date. Oh, isn't that quaint? $55 million whole dollars for your movie? <laughs> And the box office was $300.2 million. So it was a smash-bang hit. Right, Steve? Oh, my God. $300 million back in the late 70s was huge. Yeah, it was. It was that huge. was Star Wars money. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It was almost unheard of. Like, you have to go to, like, Star Wars to find another mm-hmm. movie that made similar dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> do, you have your, do you have your underwears on the outside of your I, pants? Yes, I do. Do you got your cape? I do. I have I have a towel safety pinned around my neck as we speak. <laughs> Alright, good. Get ready. We're gonna travel all the way to the Doom Planet of Krypton to recap needlessly <laughs> the story of Superman the movie. The movie. Steve, <laughs> take it away. Well, interestingly enough, we don't we don't start directly on Krypton though, do we? We begin with this kind of odd framing device of A really odd framing device. Yeah. Of uh, a comic book being opened and a, yeah. a childhood uh-huh. a child narrating yeah. uh, the, the story Superman of the day. Daily Planet. A movie told to us by a child. <laughs> a, ch- a child reading a comic book that is about the Daily Planet. Yeah. <laughs> which is kind of strange. That's a really uh, boring comic book. Yeah, like it's about, it's just about the newspaper? The super adventures of Perry White. How yeah. did this man get hired? Exactly. <laughs> Um, so the, the it, it talks the kid tells us about how the you know the Daily Planet was the 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 voice of the people of Metropolis and then the camera zooms into the the Daily Planet globe rotating and it yeah. morphs for, it fades from the comic book panel to to film and yeah. then it goes past the past the globe into the sky yeah. and the stars fill the fill the frame and yeah. then the, the the opening titles just like sort of z- like start uh, zooming at us they, <laughs> they zooming out because the frame was like a classic square movie frame and then it zooms out into the full widescreen right. frame like the movie which is which apparently is... made us dumb schlubs back in the 70s panic and run out of the theater <laughs> <laughs> oh my god 
The credits are attacking us! Now, I have this weird feeling that the credits were made to be in 3D. Because they feel like they could have been in 3D. It seems like they should have been, because that's totally the effect. Mm -hmm. Is that they're popping out of the screen. Because they play with that, with the aspect ratio, where it's it's the classic square 1940s movie frame. And then it just sort of, you know... Like, there there are even curtains on the side. Yeah. To to mimic, like, an old movie screen. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so the the credits come blasting out. Oh, and by the way, if you think that that's a framing reference and that's how the movie's gonna end no it's just kind of there <laughs> yeah it never comes up again it's it does feel when you when you look back on it after having seen the You're whole like, movie what it's the like, fuck what? it was that about <laughs> what was that all about yeah um so the 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 credits zoom out they're and this shooting is, at us and they're hard to read yeah because they they have like the yeah. You know, they're, they're trailing behind them. And they're kind of translucent, and they're blue. Yeah, and they and they last for a while. Oh, my God. Uh, if, <laughs> it's, it's, if, if you, like me, and like you, Jason, are big fans of the John Williams score, it's mm-hmm. nice because you get to hear the whole thing. Yeah, uh, except they have that superimposed... <laughs> Every time the credits go by. Yeah, um, but you get to hear the whole main theme, the hero theme of Superman, and Mm. uh, the credits come blasting by, like, you know, one credit at a time. Just when you think, oh shit, I'm in credits the movie. This is never going to end. This is going on forever. Then they end. Yeah, they end, and we we find ourselves on the the icy, cold Well, no, we find it first. We approach the the red cotton ball. Oh, that's right. The floating red cotton ball, that is the sun, uh, red sun of, of Krypton. Yeah. Then we dip underneath it, and then we have the dimly glowing light bulb that is... <laughs> that is Krypton. The planet now, Krypton. Jason's being a little mean, but for $55 million, I kind of want my space stuff to not look like it was constructed by 10-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And they do such a good job with special effects in other parts of the movie that yeah, it does kind of feel like... Yeah, but the space stuff is so weird and yeah. unbelievable. And, you know, I mean, Krypton looks like it's awfully close to the sun. I mean, there's your problem. Yeah, it's like right underneath it. <laughs> like, I wonder why this planet's going through some issues at the time. <laughs> well, you're five feet from the sun. <laughs> What do you think's happening? But it's really cold. That's Yeah, what's with that? Mm-hmm. Um, we dip down into Krypton, and it's all geometric shapes, kind of crystalline yeah. buildings, and uh, except for one, where which is the big ping-pong ball of justice, I guess. Yes, yes. Go for and, it, Steve. I know how and, much you love this movie. And that's where we meet uh, not the film's hero, but the film's most expensive character, which is uh, Jor-El, yeah. um, played by Marlon Brando. Mm-hmm. And he is functioning, it seems, in, in the role of like a prosecutor during a trial where there, there are yeah, these... uh, there's a trial going on <coughs> uh, General Zod is is being put on trial for foreshadowing yes <laughs> he's he's being put on trial to set up the sequel yeah because <laughs> again this is something that does not come up at all in the rest of this movie no uh, it's purely it's it's and it's I mean they planned to do two movies from the beginning so it makes sense from that point of view but actually the... Puzo wanted one gigantic six hour movie probably <laughs> yeah let's do War and Peace but as Superman <laughs> Um, but yeah, General Zod and his two hench people, uh, Ursa and uh, Nan, yeah, have apparently they're they're evil. Have, yeah, they've apparently been caught trying to uh, overthrow the Kryptonian government and take over the planet. Yeah, uh, and you can tell they're evil because they wear uh, black dominatrix outfits. Yep, as opposed to the uh, so white it's shining in your eyes clothing that everyone else wears. Yeah, everything else on Krypton, including including the hair of most of the characters, is. Yeah. 
white and mm-hmm. the Zod and his crew are not only dressed in black but they're very dark featured they have dark hair yeah. and the men have beards and they're they're very huge like color contrast yeah um, and they're and being it's kind of like they're wearing disco tinfoil yeah <laughs> they're very sparkly oh and by the way you might get confused because Jor-El has a big S on his chest um, that that's just the family crest of the L family right the L they family established. by the way which they establish in this film without ever having to say it the fuck out loud exactly it's just oh this oh, this turns out to be Superman's to other dad. people who have their crests on their chest and they're different similar but different right and there's not a scene where someone sits Superman down and has a 10 minute conversation explaining to him why his <laughs> thing looks like an S but isn't really an S exactly um, yeah and and also we can't forget that the the judges in this trial are Mount Rushmore oh they're yeah big are. giant heads like projected on a screen sort of <laughs> well, actually, floating I, in the ether I think it's the wizard from the Wizard of Oz <laughs> God from Time Bandits yes. and a couple other dudes <laughs> and two other guys who were like hey we need four guys can you come in um, and uh, uh, Jor-El is sort of going through his uh, his closing argument and then yeah. he lights up a little uh, crystal doohickey for some only reason only casually glancing at his cue cards every yeah. once in a while <laughs> he's yeah you know they he, he had time to memorize this for the most part I guess no he didn't um, there's and, someone right below his eye line with the fucking cue cards that's why he's looking down all the time pointing at it <laughs> like, 11 Marlin, million do- what Marlin. 19 million dollars <laughs> and uh, he says so you know the verdict of the council will now be heard and the four heads take turns going guilty which yeah. is one of my favorite parts of the movie because I which is how I think we should have trials here yeah just four big heads guilty <laughs> guilty um, so Zod has been found guilty and he doesn't yeah, take Zod it very has well a freak out. he Zod. goes on a megalomaniacal rant he goes on a huge <laughs> foreshadowing rant <laughs> I'm gonna make you pay for this Jor-El and if, and if not you then you're the Phantom Zone. <laughs> I'm gonna take it out on your kids if I can't get it you you better yeah. believe it and then the ping pong ball um, uh, slides away and a big mirror comes down and uh, they get trapped in the mirror and the mirror flies off into space yeah and people in the theater in 1978 are going what the hell was that what the f- <laughs> <laughs> and you can see him in the mirror trying begging to be let out yeah. one of them saying forgive me forgive me yeah and I guess they gotta do that forever yeah, that seems like a humane punishment. Cut to the counselor um, seat. Yeah, a big room where all, where apparently all the big giant heads also have bodies. And yeah. they're just hanging out <laughs> afterwards going, well, that was fun. Smoking cigarettes. <laughs> Sent someone to the Phantom Zone. Life is good. And Jor-El is like, well, no. Because remember, I told you. <laughs> remember I told you the planet's going to blow up? And they're like, Pfft. No, it's not. What do you know? He's like, no, seriously. And not, not only am I apparently the, the district attorney, I'm also your number one scientist. Mm-hmm. And I told you guys, it's going to blow up in like a month, if not even it's sooner. It's fairly obvious that on Krypton, you reach into a big bin and whatever you pull out is your job for the day. Yes. Oh, I'm a lead criminal prosecutor today. Okay. What am I going to be this afternoon? Chief scientist. Cool. <laughs> Hey, Krypton's gonna blow up, everybody. Yeah, but Brando's kind of like, um, gentlemen, it's genocide, what you're trying to do. We, we've got to... Hello? And they're like, and whatever. They're like, shut up. No, we're fine. And if you try to do anything, oh, you're gonna... Oh, you're gonna get it, Jor-El. <laughs> and Jor-El's like, okay, fine. I won't so tell So maybe Krypton's anybody. not worth saving. Yeah. <laughs> we've been introduced to, number one, the bureaucracy is uh, is a bunch of idiots, and their justice system... <laughs> is putting... 
people in mirrors and flinging and them into space. Launching them into space, where if they do break out, uh, there's somebody else's problem. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they Jor-El says, "Okay, fine. I'll just keep quiet about it, and yeah. I promise not to leave. And my wife won't leave either. And that's all I'm going to say." He's lucky. One of the one of the guys said, "What about your newborn son, Jor-El?" <laughs> oh, damn it! Why didn't you promise that? Well, then Jor-El will just cross his fingers and put it behind his back and say, no, my son won't leave either. <laughs> Gentlemen, don't be insane. What do you think I do? Stick him in a rocket ship and launch him to another planet where he'd have astounding powers? <laughs> Please. Come on. I'm just going to take off my shoes and watch some television. Yes. No, but I'm, you I'm, don't do that. <laughs> I'm going to hurry up and transfer my consciousness to a computer really quick. <laughs> So then we cut to, I guess, Jor-El's house. Yeah. It's, I don't know if it is or not, because everything in on Krypton looks exactly the same, made out of crystals and white. Right. And um, his no-agency wife is there. She's <laughs> there for, because I guess she was in the comic book. Yeah, exactly. She's there because Superman has a mom. Mm-hmm. But at least they have matching outfits. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, Jor-El's made this great big Christmas decoration, and he's stuck his ugly-ass baby in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. It was probably... Probably somebody's baby on the crew, and they were really excited about Whatever. it. Whatever. Ugly-ass baby <laughs> who's sitting on uh, blankets that look uh, remarkably similar to Superman's costume later on. Hmm. And I couldn't help but thinking, we haven't seen the colors red, blue, or yellow anywhere in Krypton, so these must be the most expensive blankets ever. <laughs> Jor-El synthesized them in his science lab. I guess so. Because he's the but leading scientist. We have a, a touching goodbye monologue where Marlon Brando reads cue cards that are laid on top of the baby. <laughs> and I ain't giving this shit up. I hate lazy actors. Um, and then He, he the, tenderly touches the baby's head when the cue card know, says in parentheses, touch the touch baby's, baby's head. head. <laughs> And he's like, I'm, I'm gonna give you everything that I can, but I can't be with you, sorry, and, uh, bye. And, the, they close up the baby inside of a little Christmas ornament, and <laughs> it launches up through the roof, and crashes through the glass ceiling, and Jor-El goes, oh, I knew I forgot something. And then, <laughs> but, uh, what's it matter at this point? Yeah. And then, uh, Krypton gets all jittery and blowy-uppy, and then it blows up. The, the sun and the planet blow up, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The, the planet blows up first, I think, so it's like, did Krypton, the planet it blow up and then the star was like oh shit yeah. Yeah. But luckily, ugly space baby got away, and that's that's Kal-el. That's that's the guy who's going to be Superman. Yep. Or or as as uh, Jor-el pronounces it in this movie, Kal-el. Kal-el, because Kal-el. he mispronounces everything. Krypton. Krypton. <laughs> Kal-el. Krypton. You, this, what other? What you have to wonder because now we get to the point where you know uh, the the spaceship is flying through through the universe, and yeah. as it's going, little Kal-el is is hearing Jor-el's voice. You know, mm-hmm. like educating him about things. I wonder how many other words he mispronounces. Does is he like, and now, son, the galaxy you're going to is known by its native inhabitants as the Milkaiwai. <laughs> You'll be touching down on the planet Earth <laughs> in a state known as Kansas. And now we're going to touch on relativity by Ubert Einstein. <laughs> Dad, are you sure you're pronouncing that right? He's a baby. He can't talk. He doesn't, none of this seems to affect him at no, all. He, he does, yeah, he kind of forgets all of this, doesn't he? Yeah, but he grows from a baby to a really, really ugly three-year-old <laughs> in the time that it takes him to travel all the way to Earth. And then uh, the ship goes through the atmosphere and all the Christmas stuff burns off. And then uh, we cut to... Uh, it crashes into a, the colorized version of the Grapes of Wrath. <laughs> <laughs> 
When I get to California, I'm going to ruin the mud. <laughs> the Waltons. He crashes into the Waltons. Uh, he crashes into a field where uh, two people are driving by on their truck. And they're like, oh my. And these two people are who, Steve? Jonathan and Martha Kent. Kindly yeah. Kansas farmers. Yeah. And they get out to check out what the thing was. And they look down in the hole. And they see something that neither you, I, or they expected to see in this fucking movie. And that is a completely naked child. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I did not watch Superman to see three-year-old Dick. Well, Why is that in there? Why is it in there? To show how vulnerable he is in his he's new world. He's not vulnerable. But he is in his own way. No, he's... I, I, no, because within a few minutes we find out exactly how powerful he is. He's more like us than not. Oh, uh, is that why we, sure. had, to, we yeah. had to settle the question, what does Superman's dick look like? Well, there are all those fan theories about what would happen if him and Lois ever hooked up. I mean, now uh, we, we have some rough I idea. I remember seeing this as a kid in the 70s going, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> well, Superman, no. <laughs> And he just stands there with his arms wide stretched, and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> Put a suit on him. Jesus. Yeah. Put that Some, cape on him. At least one of them, Ma Kent or Pa Kent, has the foresight to take one of his blankets out of the spaceship and wrap it around his body. And uh, they got a flat tire, and uh, Pa Kent's changing the flat tire. And he's like, we got to find out where this person's parents live. Isn't that a dumb thing that I just said? We just saw a kid crawl out of something that fell from space. <laughs> I'm going to go find the kids. Let's find the people the who parents. presumably put him in it and threw him into the sky. And and Martha's like, he, idiot, are you insane? He doesn't have anybody around here. <laughs> he just crawled out of a meteorite, dude. And oh yeah, since I'm barren or you're infertile or whatever, and we've never had a kid, guess what I want? <sighs> And Jonathan's like, damn it, I made it this far without fucking kids. Yeah, and then uh, conveniently time badly placed uh, uh, carjack fails and nearly falls down and crushes old Pa Kent. But thankfully, the ugliest baby from space ever catches the, the truck and lifts it up all the way up onto his tiptoes. Yeah. <laughs> Almost as if something else was lifting up the back end of the truck <laughs> and lifting him a little bit up off the air. That's strange. As the director shouted at him, just hold on to the bumper, you little shithead. <laughs> Look. Look, he had been in the spaceship for several years by that point. He really needed to stretch. <laughs> he is an ugly child, dude. I, there's no way to get around it. And when he smiles, it just gets worse. <laughs> so you're saying that's what that's what you find difficult to, to accept about the movie. Not the flying or the bulletproof or the strength or the speed. It's how did that baby turn into Christopher did, Reeve? My, yeah, my, yeah, exactly. And it gets worse <laughs> as he gets older. Um, I'm still not seeing amazed. how you get to Christopher Reeve from this. Right. I'm not seeing it. So my podcast can't as they will become now. Take a look back at the, the spaceship, and they take a look at the ugly kid, and I guess they make a lifelong decision to keep him raising right. Yeah, well, they realize, oh, shit, this is the Superman story. <laughs> <laughs> We're the Kents in Superman. Well, we, we, this is what we have to do. So then what happens? We hard cut to what? Uh, to the 1950s. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> to fucking, you know, Bill Haley and the Comets rock around the clock 1950s. Mm-hmm. Happy days. Yeah. We, we go from the Waltons to Happy Days. And here We're just we jumping meet, all over. Here we meet Clark. Yes, as as a high schooler, as yeah. I guess what about seventeen, eighteen, dressed in red, white, and fucking blue because sure. we were that dumb. <laughs> How are we gonna know 
know who he is. Right. Uh, well, we definitely wouldn't by the way he looks with the nose appliance and Reeves overdubbing all of his dialogue. Yeah. He doesn't look anything like him. He's, in, he's, he's roughly in the ballpark. Well, he, no, he's, in the, he's, he's in the parking lot outside the ballpark. He, he didn't make it to the interstate outside <laughs> of the parking lot near the ballpark. He's on the shuttle on the he's way He's at the soccer the stadium going, where is everybody? He's at the wrong ballpark. <laughs> Oh yeah. Anyway, yeah, so he's, he's a teenager. He's he's uh the equipment manager for the football team of his high school. <laughs> And they and pick on him. They, yeah, yeah. And uh, Lana Lang is there, uh, yeah. the the pretty cheerleader who Clark seems to be kind of sweet on. And she's yeah. like, hey, Clark, we're going to have a party later. Do you want to come? And he's like, sure. And then her jerk-ass boyfriend, Brad, steps yeah. in and says, Clark can't come. He's got to clean the uniforms or he's got to, you know, stack the He's got to pick up. Remember, he stacked everything nice and neat yeah. and they knocked it over. Yeah. So he has to stay behind and clean up everything. And Clark's like, I'm going to kill every goddamn one of you people. <laughs> Earth. I, I could do it and nobody would be able to stop me. But instead what he does is he picks up a football and kicks it into orbit. Yes. <laughs> Which is irresponsible being that he's the equipment manager. He has to account for that. I'm also ignoring the fact that if he was to kick that ball with the impact and launch it into orbit, the ball would explode around his foot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he should have just thrown it, but that wouldn't be as yeah, impactful. Yeah, that, but that wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't have been as impactful. And then I guess in a, in a form of acting out, he decides to run home yeah Literally. super fast super super fast he outruns a train jumps from a train in a cut scene on the train was little lois lane yeah with uh, lois lane from and jimmy olsen from the tv show and man they must have been upset when they saw that scene get cut out yeah of the movie. That, exactly exactly <laughs> he runs all the way home and he he gets to his house before the the jerks in the car show up and they're like hey how'd you get here weirdo and he says i ran <laughs> and they're like oh okay what well, a weirdo <laughs> you're a weirdo bye-bye <laughs> And then Pa Kent comes up and says, hey, um, clock's ticking. I got to tell you something. (laughs) (laughs) There's a real important talk we haven't had yet. I am barely in this movie for three minutes, but I am incredibly important. So shut up while I tell you something. (laughs) I'm played by Glenn Ford. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) One of my primary complaints was what? He was barely in this movie and he's one of my favorite parts of the damn thing. Yeah, definitely. And and just when you love him the most. (laughs) Guess what? Well, he, okay. So Clark's like... Oh, it was Pa Kent goes, hey, you're showing off a little. And he's like, yeah, I can't help it. You know, all this stuff and these jerks. And if I could play on the football team, I'd get a touchdown every time. I would probably inadvertently murder the other half of the football team, too. And, but, <laughs> but we'd you know, win the game, Pa. I have these powers and I could I could do so much. And Pa Kent's like, you you don't have these powers to win, win football games or show off or do whatever. I don't know why you're here for, but it's not to play football. You I'm jerk. a decent human being and I'm the reason why you are are the way you are yeah. is what this yeah, scene is exactly <laughs> you know all those assholes who say that you're you're <laughs> you're too good and that no one can understand you i'm the reason why you're that way because i have a moral code that i'm imparting to you because <laughs> i have basic decency it's called being a decent humble human goddamn being yeah <laughs> up time to die yep, yep. he has a heart attack drops has, drops maybe, on his face it's the oh no that really gets you because yeah. he reaches, he, he uh, Clark inadvertently murders his father when Pretty he says, much. hey, I'll race you up to the barn, knowing full well that there's no way that this old man would be able to keep up with him. But he, he runs a little bit, grabs his arm, looks around at his farm for the, you know, the last time. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> Clint Ford is the fucking boss. Yeah. 
Oh man! Says oh no, which rips your own heart out and throws it on the theater floor. Yeah, well, because yeah, especially if you know the Superman story, because the the old you know the the classic version of the <laughs> Superman story, you know this is coming. You know yeah. that his parents aren't around. Yeah. So yeah, and he dies. He falls down. Uh, Martha Kent the whole scene yeah. is like if you took out this entire thing and put it in another movie it's still a really good dramatic scene where where someone dies yeah it's a real like human scene mm-hmm. and and it, and then we cut to the to the the cemetery and where we we see that you know the reason this happened for the movie is that it teaches Clark this very important lesson that yeah. even though he has these amazing abilities there are some things he just can't change yeah his so father dies all these powers and I couldn't save him right he, he learns a lesson that, yeah that informs his decisions later on in the film. What what do you call that? Is that what is it? Character development, devo- development, development. development. I know it's a foreign concept in current filmmaking. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, then there's the funeral, and that's sad. And then, remember, I, I mentioned Andrew Wyeth earlier. We go into full Andrew Wyeth oh, mode baby. for yeah. a good five minutes, because uh, uh, Clark starts feeling the burning of his Krypton blood. And <laughs> I did that joke just for you, Steve. I love you. <laughs> and uh, he's like, there's something calling to me. And he goes into the barn, um, uncovers a thing, and uh, he finds what, Steve? The the ship that carried him to Earth. And inside this ship is a glowing green Krypton crystal. Yeah, he found the shard from the dark crystal. Yeah, exactly. And it's glowing. And I guess it's telling him, go north, young man. Go north. Exactly. You need to go north. And uh, he stands out in a field and his mom comes up and she's like, I knew this day would come. And you think for a second, are they going to fucking kiss? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. This is feeling a little weird. They're very close and they're in a very vulnerable time. The paw has just died. Musical choice. (laughs) Yeah. It is. Yeah, you're right. The the music is really romantic. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, and he says, uh, she says, I knew this day would come. And then implicitly, Mm -hmm. she says, I had hoped it wouldn't be the day after my husband died. Yeah, so you're leaving (laughs) me all alone to take care of a farm. You did notice that I am an old woman, Clark, right? And he says, Well, I talked to Ben Hubbard. He's going to come over and, you know, check on you. And he's been, you know, hot on you for a long time. Yeah, he's, trust me, he was perfectly, he was very happy to help. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And I'm going to be paying him a little on the side. Yeah. yeah. So now I'm going to walk to the North Pole. (laughs) Goodbye. Now we have scenes of walking. (laughs) Dun-dun-dun! Thrill to Superman needlessly walking. Boy, boy, is he going to feel silly in a few days when he realizes he can fly. (laughs) Or the fact that he can run really fast. (laughs) Why isn't he running really fast when there's nobody around? He's pacing himself. Why is he climbing mountains when he can hop over them? I'll tell you why. And I'll t- okay, I th- fine. Okay, Mr. Apologetics for Superman, go for it. I'll tell you why. You know, it, it's it's because Richard Donner knew that that would look silly, and he didn't want his Superman movie to be silly. He want he thought that if we if we follow up that really emotionally powerful sequence where where Paul dies and Clark says goodbye to his family with yeah. oh Superman running super fast across the landscape, that would be silly. And he wanted he uh, this and this is just then my... I have a few things to talk to him about in the later parts of this (laughs) well anyway that's my story and I'm sticking to it anyway we have 10 minutes of him going further and further north until he stumbles upon a sound stage that's been dressed up to look like uh, Santa's North Pole Village yes it's a minus Santa's workshop it looks like it could be an alien planet from Star Trek The Next Generation or something (laughs) 
<laughs> so much styrofoam. Yeah. Anyway, he, he gets to a place and he takes the little green glowy gem out of his backpack. And then I guess the green glowy gem is kind of like the one ring from Lord of the Rings. It's constantly telling him what to do. Yeah. Throw me. And he throws it and uh, a big um, ice layer comes up out of the ice it just forms right yeah it just kind of grows up which will become the basis for the plot line of an awful superman movie <laughs> oh how dare you how dare you <laughs> i thought you were my friend <laughs> i am your friend i thought we That's were gonna why do I this. tell you these things <laughs> i thought we were gonna do this together <laughs> friends tell friends hard truths uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> you have revealed yourself to me <laughs> So then Clark climbs into this big thing and he picks up another crystal at this like podium of yeah. crystals. He guess I guess that crystal is telling him what to do too because yeah. it's just a and random crystal. Meanwhile, a slee stack to- says to another slee stack, "He's totally biting our style, dude. We were totally crystals before this came out." <laughs> and he, that's a shout out to all my '70s homies who remember old school Lost uh, Land of the Lost. Yes. He he puts the crystal in like a little tube, yeah, and that turns it on. Yeah, and what happens? Marley and Brando's big old transparent head <laughs> appears floating in front of him and he's like hey I'm your dad uh-huh. and you're not an earthling you're from another planet yeah. and uh, that's sort of the deal I'm a simulation yeah I'm yeah exactly I'm I uh, I've, I all, think it's implied that he has recorded the answers to every question that he will ever ask him yeah he's anticipated all of his, his and questions and he found the time to do this how yeah exactly <laughs> he, kn- he knew that the end was coming like 10 years in advance. I didn't see him talking into a tape recorder during the trial. Right. Oh, one second. I just realized (laughs) something that my son is going to ask me. One second. Uh, You'll find... Pepperoni pizza is best cold the next day. That's a little secret. (laughs) You'll find pancakes are more popular on your adopted planet, but waffles hold the syrup much better. Mm. Thank you. Oh, anyway, your asses go to the Phantom Zone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Jor-El's big old head is there, and and, and, uh, Clark is like... Ask me a question. Yeah, Clark's like, well, who am I? And Jor-El's like, well, I hope you have 12 years. Pack a lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's a very long answer. Because you is going on a mind trip. Yeah. And then it becomes, you know, like a planetarium show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come with me past the the fiery outreaches of your own galaxy. And then he takes him all the way to Krypton, shows him Krypton, and then he comes back and 12 years have passed. And he's played by a different actor. Yeah. And we're uh, assuming that a whole lot of knowledge bombs have been dropped on him. Yeah. And maybe like he, he was, he, he remembered some of the stuff that he was told as a baby. <laughs> yeah. Or something. I or, don't know. Or Jor-El just told him the whole thing again. Yeah. And then we see him, finally. Yeah. Christopher Reeve. Superman. 30 years old, pimping it in his Superman costume. And he flies away. Yeah, he flies away. And then we cut to what? A, a different movie. <laughs> yeah, a completely <laughs> different film. Hey, we're in Serpico now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's it's Metropolis. It's the city. It's totally the 70s it's now. It's the adventures of Ned Beatty. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the right. the adventures of Otis in the big city. Right. We cut to an undercover in... Uh, two cops are tailing Ned Beatty who is Otis and we don't really know why they're tailing him but they're just tailing him they're following him all over the place and down into a subway and they're watching him buy shit and then Ned Beatty goes into the subway down onto the plat- uh, off the platform into the tunnels and then he goes into a he goes to an alcove a subway train passes by and then he's gone and the two cops are like well, that looks easy what happened <laughs> so one of the cops it's only one of the cops one of the cops right. goes in there gets in the alcove and then we see Dr. Claw's hand <laughs> yes. moving 
press a button and and the the doorway instead of opening starts pushing him into a train and then pushes him really hard at the end which is like the master stroke of evil yes he's like he makes you think oh it's just gonna slowly push him out nope the last part is like and ha. just knocks him in, into the platform and he gets killed and his partner comes up and he goes oh that sucks no well at least we know where the entrance is now exactly but no one acts on it never comes up again uh, and that's when we meet Lex Luthor dun, dun, dun. played by Oscar winner Gene Hackman my favorite actor ever a great actor <laughs> who is having such a good time he in is this having movie. a ball <laughs> <laughs> he never has to leave that one set <laughs> yeah he gets to chew the scenery like well actually no business. he does have to leave the set for the little hijinks for the wacky stuff that Donner was oh that's out, true remember? yeah yes 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 the the missile hijackings and such mm-hmm. but uh, apparently he sent Otis who is his dim-witted uh, uh, henchman out to get a newspaper right yeah and what's in the newspaper that Lex needs so badly there's gonna be a missile test mm-hmm. the Air Force is testing a new nuclear missile and Lex needs to know about this because he has this this really nutty scheme that we don't know anything about yet <laughs> yeah but he needs that missile yeah and we also meet his other assistant yes Miss Tessmacher oh Miss Tessmacher <laughs> just I need a minute okay I'm okay sorry. we're good yeah, are you good okay. <laughs> yeah we're good yeah it's such a crush on her I liked her way more than Margot Kidder in this movie really? when I first saw the movie yeah because I was a stupid little kid oh I mean nothing against Miss Tessmacher actually Miss Tessmacher is one of those characters and it, it, she even brings it up herself at one point where it's like what the hell is is she doing with Lex mm-hmm. like she seems kind of troubled by most of what Lex is doing she's not on board with the whole evil thing but I mean it makes even less sense because in the sequel she's still with him yeah yeah she helps him bust out of prison hey spoilers dude. sorry sorry uh, Lex goes to prison <laughs> god damn it spoilers <laughs> sorry dude. um Superman defeats him oh damn it oh fuck <laughs> But then one of the other things is, is that they're both kind of dumb. Lex surrounds himself with really dumb people. But that's good for us, though, see, because he constantly has to explain everything. Oh, is that so it? So now we know what he's doing, too. Oh, guys, pay attention to Steve. He knows how things are written. This is how... That makes sense. Because <laughs> that can... whole scene would have been, did you get the paper? Yes, I did. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> So now we cut to what, Steve? Well, now we cut to uh, Clark Kent's introduction to the Daily Planet, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah here's a fun question. Uh, what diploma did he present in order to... Where, where did he go to school for journalism? Jor-El obviously become... helped him forge, uh, <laughs> Let me forge convincing credentials. Diploma. Here we go. Let's make up a university. Uh, Jor-El University. <laughs> Say it's a Mormon university. No one ever questions that. <laughs> And this is also our real first introduction to Clark Kent. Yeah, really. and Christopher Reeve, because we've only ever seen him in that wide shot flying away at the end of the, the first yeah. Fortress of Solitude sequence. And now we see, yeah, Clark Kent. He's just been hired by Perry White at the Daily Planet. Lois Lane, mm-hmm. uh, who apparently can't spell, uh, <laughs> comes into nope. Perry's office to show his, her newest story. And he's like, oh, hey, by mm-hmm. the way, meet Clark Kent. Uh, mm-hmm. I just hired him, and he's a really fast typist. <laughs> yeah. And you know, here's Jimmy Olsen, too. Jimmy Olsen, yeah. He's supposed to be a kid but it looks like he's being played by a 45 year old yeah and <laughs> and he'll look pretty much the same for the next three movies yeah exactly and he meets lois lane and he's kind of bumbly and yeah. clumsy and nervous and humble and small you know yeah he's what six foot five he's, yeah, he's, he's, 
but he hunches. But yeah, he, <laughs> he hunches. hunches. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, there's then, uh, there's a great line where where after they do their bumbling sort of comedy together, where uh, Lois turns to Clark and says, "Any more at home like you?" And he says, uh, "Not really, no." They all died when the planet exploded. <laughs> but that's the moment. Oops. I, I have to believe that's the moment when you, you realize this is going to work. Like Christopher Reeve is going to nail this because he yeah. he nails that line just perfectly. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, get your gushing. Yeah, out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll try to save it for the end. <laughs> Be more cynical, God sorry. damn it. Uh, I mean, how could okay. you not think that that guy was Superman? This is ridiculous. Oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> So anyway, uh, then they get mugged. Yes, randomly. Because they're in Metropolis. Oh, and Rex Reed yeah. has a cameo, briefly, yeah, yeah. for all three people who know who that is. So he can blow and... off Clark. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they get mugged, and the mugger sh- was going to shoot Lois Lane, but then he catches the bullet. Right? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, Clark catches the bullet and pretends to faint. Yeah. Wah, wah. And then what do we go to? Um, and then is then do we is it do is we, that when Lex steals the missile? Uh, maybe I think it is. No, or is it? No, I don't think so because doesn't doesn't that come after Superman's debut? Because because uh, Lex winds up stealing two missiles and doesn't he he only realizes he has to do that when Superman shows up, right? No, I don't really? think so because I think we only they only show us them stealing the one missile. Remember with the whole oh, ambulance true, yeah. and the yeah. everything else and Larry Hagman's there for some reason. <laughs> yes, and, and there's a bunch. Okay, let's just get it out the way i don't care where it's placed uh, okay. so here's lex luther super genius and his two bumbling sti- sidekicks and they have this elaborate plot to, st- to they don't steal the missile no they reprogram the coordinates on the missile right and he of course gives that job to otis <laughs> Who seems barely able to dress himself. Yeah. And the plot is that um, they're going to stage an accident where Valerie, uh, where Miss Tessmacher is laying uh, in the road with her shirt open and um, Larry Hackman. And the soldiers who find her will sexually assault her. Yeah, exactly. Creating a distraction. While Otis Otis puts in the coordinates. No, he programs both missiles at that time. I don't, that doesn't make sense. Something, somehow they end up reprogramming both missiles, but. uh, Yeah. And so uh, then. what is it that uh, he gets back and Otis tells him what the coordinates were and oh it turns out that he put in the wrong ones and so then they do a second one with a truck right they'd stall a truck and then they pretend to be dumb and then Miss Tessmarker goes in and reprograms the correct coordinates right. into it because the military only puts in coordinates once and never double checks their work nope the mil- <laughs> especially when it comes to nuclear missiles absolutely the military is notorious for that kind of sloppy work with no they redundancy they in the military set and forget exactly <laughs> That's what makes our country great. (laughs) And now... It's time for Superman to do a Superman shit, right, Steve? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lois and Clark are leaving. They're leaving for the day, and, and uh, I think Clark invites her out to dinner or something, and Lois says, oh, no, I yeah. can't. Uh, Air Force One nerd. is coming in. <laughs> yeah, I can't. You're cute, but goddamn, leave me alone. <laughs> no, nerd. Leave me alone. Uh, and Lois I'm says... I'm waiting for a very specific kind of man. <laughs> With a very specific kind of fashion sense. That's right. I'm a uh, chain-smoking, <laughs> tough-as-nails reporter, and I'm going to fall for a boy scout and i haven't met him yet oh yeah and he could also probably deadlift a train but i don't think i'm ever gonna meet that and you definitely are that clark definitely not i mean you're nice (laughs) let's be friends and all i use you like a slave but let's you know know, be nice um so lois yeah she she blows off clark's dinner invitation and she also says that because air force one is coming to metropolis and she 
wants to like she wants to to catch the president and to ask the president a bunch of right. questions. So she's getting dressed. She's up. a reporter. She's getting dressed up. Yeah, yeah, for the president. And Perry's got a helicopter. That's right. Because in the 1970s, newspapers had money. That's right. Oh, can, can you imagine a newspaper nowadays with a helipad on the roof <laughs> of its building? You're lucky if you don't get a skateboard. <laughs> I don't think they even they don't even pay the reporters' transportation no. expenses anymore. Um, but yeah, so Lois is she gets on the helicopter that's going to take her to Air Force One, and then some random mishap occurs where a cable comes loose yeah. and catches the the landing strut of the chopper right. and flips it around, and it's it's, and it's, it's hanging off, hanging the, off edge, the edge, and the pilot gets knocked out or yeah. has a heart attack or something, and then and Lois, Lois undoes her seatbelt, or does it just come off? She, I think she undoes it because she's going to try to climb out. Dumb, and then she falls. Yeah, <laughs> she and and Clark just happens to be exiting the building at this point, and he yeah. he look he he finds Lois's hat yeah, that has drifted down, down and, and he looks up, and there's Lois hanging out of the helicopter. He didn't even have He's to like, look oh, because shit. Lois has been screaming and screaming, screaming and screaming this whole time. And then there's the the, the phone booth joke yeah. where he he runs up to the phone booth that isn't that isn't a phone booth yeah. It's just sort of a payphone a freestanding payphone and he looks it up and down like nope that's not going to work nope. ha 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 inside joke mm-hmm. uh, and then he runs across the street to a revolving door and spins around real quick and he goes in Clark Kent and he comes out Superman who is the first human being to ever <laughs> lay eyes on Superman a stereotypical street pimp <laughs> that's right that's my favorite says, thing in this movie who says and I quote say Jim Whoa! it's a bad outfit you can hear girls laughing in the limousine that he is sticking up out of the roof of oh my so god so he's got it's... some money <laughs> and what does Superman say he doesn't say shut up pimp he says <laughs> he says very quietly very kindly excuse me and then flies and away then flies away that's my Superman. <laughs> That's my Superman, he, too. He doesn't judge the pimp. He doesn't <laughs> scold him. He says, excuse me, and he gets right to work. And and what happens? Uh, Lois uh, falls. L- Lois falls, and Superman And a huge crowd is up. gathered around at this point. Yeah, because they're, they're all like, we're going to get to see this woman die. This helicopter's going to fall on us. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the hell? Exactly. What are you standing there for? <laughs> the helicopter's going to fall. You're all going to be killed. Um, <laughs> Superman catches Lois, right. and he says, he says, now the fucking hits start flying. Like, he says, don't worry, miss, I've got you. And she says, well, who's got you? Right. And he just kind of laughs like, you fucking. Yeah. Don't you get it? Fly. I'm a superpowered alien. <laughs> yeah. And then the helicopter falls down on top of him, and everyone becomes very upset. They're like, oh shit, we shouldn't be standing here. I hope that flying man doesn't get hit by the falling helicopter. But what does he do, Steve? He just sort of reaches out and grabs the thing. Yeah. And he catches it. And flies the helicopter. Flies them both back up. And her yeah. back onto the roof. And then he's Superman fucking being Superman some more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where he tells her, you know, I hope this doesn't put you off flying, because, you know. It's the safest way to travel. You won't. You wouldn't know that based on the events in this movie, because what happens directly after this is another air mishap. But <laughs> but those are just isolated incidents. Uh-huh. And she asks who who he is. Yeah. And he says, "What, Steve?" He says, "A friend." And then he flies off. And then what? And does he, he flies do? away. Uh. Well, then Lois um, faints. No. Right? When he flies off, he just gives a little wave and says, "Oh, bye, bye." <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. Because <laughs> he's. If people totally have been normal. wondering why we love this Superman. <laughs> Yeah, he's just so cool. Bye. He's the Barack Obama of Superman. 
He's way cooler than he has any right to be. So now we get a whole... But if you have been sitting through this movie, and it, we are in deep in this movie. It's been a oh, while. Yeah. And you've been, been like, like an hour when am I going to yeah. get Superman, Supermaning the shit out of this? This is when we get a whole bunch of Superman doing stuff. Um, he stops a bank robbery. Yep. Um, you know, he these gangsters stole money, and then they get on a boat, and they're they're driving away, and they're all, ha-ha. And then they look outside, and there's a man in pajamas standing there. <laughs> <laughs> and they hit him with crowbar bar and then there is a really bad one-liner that superman says yeah, yeah there's a couple of those <laughs> and then he flies the boat and drops it in the middle of the city in the middle of the city <laughs> it just flies the hell away it's your problem now citizens <laughs> then uh he saves a cat from a, in a tree and inadvertently gets a little girl and then we smacked we, by we, her mother we, we hear child abuse <laughs> and uh, easily the darkest joke it is very so lighthearted dark. movie he gets the cat gives it to the little girl she runs in Side. We hear the little girl go, a man flew out of the sky and saved my cat. And you hear the mom goes, how many times have I told you not to tell lies? Slap! <laughs> yep. Cut to next scene. <laughs> I wanted them to cut back the next day when they're showing Superman on the fucking TV. And the kid's like, I told you. I told you I was the <laughs> Stop being right all the time. Slap. Slap. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my bourbon? Slap. <laughs> Superman can't save everyone. Yeah, so he saves the kitty. And then, oh, he's got to save the president yep because air force one has bad is, mechanics yeah <laughs> it gets struck by lightning oh is that what it is it gets struck by lightning. god tries to kill the, the president <laughs> and superman defies god <laughs> <laughs> for not the last time <laughs> yeah and and freaks out the the uh the, the flight crew mm -hmm. they're like oh shit there's a man flying for one of our engines yeah. and he just saluted me and what's happening yeah <laughs> just fly yeah don't look out the window everybody <laughs> don't look out the window so understandably people have gone a little cuckoo bananas because there's a guy dressed all in red and blue flying around doing stuff and perry white is like we really need to get an interview with this dude we really really do if only we had some way of getting in contact with him, right, Clark? <laughs> Clark's like, oh, I don't, yeah, what? I don't. I guess. You talking to me? Huh? <laughs> and Lois gets a little note. What does the note say? Um, it says uh, tonight at eight. I think that your place tonight at eight. A friend. And she knows what that means. Because Superman said I'm a friend. Yeah, she's hoping you know to I mean? God it isn't from Clark. <laughs> and meanwhile, Clark's standing back there, going, "She got my note. <laughs> she got my note." So then we cut to her penthouse apartment because reporters have penthouse apartments in New York. Yeah, I'm telling you, this was the golden a age of newspapers. With a garden, a garden in, in the outside. This is the golden age of newspapers. Not only could the newspaper afford its own helicopter mm -hmm. moored at the building itself, mm -hmm. but it could afford to pay its reporters I'm, such exorbitant I'm salaries. I'll tell you this right now. Lois Lane is a chain-smoking, hard-as-nails reporter who doesn't know how to spell. I really did not expect her to have such a nice apartment. I expected her to have a place that is thrashed because she's hardly ever there. The apartment yeah. does not match her character at all. No. It's a beautiful. It looks like a hotel room. Oh, it's I mean, a it's, multi. It's even in 1970s yeah. New York, that's a that's a several hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Whatever. Thanks for taking me out of the movie. Movie. But she's dressed <laughs> As if up. The flying guy wasn't bad enough. She's dressed up. She's wearing a nice dress. She's all yeah. done up. And, got her hair did. Yeah. Got her hair done did. And then Superman lands. And, and he's like, "Did you have plans? I'm sorry." <laughs> And she starts asking him a whole bunch of questions that he probably shouldn't answer, but he does anyway. Yeah, like, hey, I can't see through lead. Oh. <laughs> and hey, I'm from another planet. Yeah, and she asks a lot of very leading questions. Mm -hmm. 
semi-sexually leading questions. <laughs> and then he looks at her underwear. Yep. <laughs> Because she kind of asks him to. She does. She asks him, what color is my underwear? He tells her pink. And he tells her she shouldn't smoke. And she says, why? Because of lung cancer? And he goes, no, thankfully. Because he uh, really violated her privacy by looking directly at her (laughs) lungs. X-rayed her lungs. But from behind, and he stopped at the lungs. Yeah. So it's cool, kind of. And now we get to this part where he stands for truth, justice, and the American way. Remember those things, everybody? (laughs) And Lois laughs in his face. Yeah, and Lois laughs in his face. It says, you're going to be up against every politician in, in the country. Yeah, he probably would be. <laughs> but he's a little more optimistic about yeah. it. Like, I'm sure you don't mean that, Miss Lane. Yeah. And she's like, no, motherfucker, I mean yeah, it. Yeah, I've been, been around. <laughs> I've seen things, Clark. Uh, not Clark. Superman. 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 <laughs> Although he's not called Superman yet. That's true. That's true. Um, uh, they also, he also says that he never lies. He doesn't drink. <laughs> he doesn't smoke. He eats when he's hungry. He eats when he's hungry. That was a, a euphemism for fucking, by the way. Right. Yes. Him. Yes. Do you, you think, eat? do you do it docky style? No. <laughs> I mean, do you eat? <laughs> And he's like, yes, when I'm hungry. And she's like, yeah. And then they get around to the subject of flying, right? Yeah. And she oh, she says, how fast can you fly? Yeah. And he says, I don't really know. I've never tried it. You want to go up and fly with me? And she's like, no. He's like, you're sure? It would be a really charming scene. People would be talking about it for years. Charming is one <laughs> word for it. I kind of want to just skip this entire <laughs> sequence, Steve. It's a little, yeah. It, 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 it it's a little, necessarily... what the fuck is this doing in this movie? <laughs> it hasn't necessarily aged well. No, it hasn't. Oh, it, it wasn't even good then. I remember being... Being a kid, going, this is awful. I'll tell you what the I'll, I'll tell you what the problem is. Okay, here's what here's what the, uh, we got to set it up. We got to set it up. Yeah, Superman says, well, why don't we why don't we just go? You know, we'll go fly. You know, and we'll just see how fast I can fly. And, she, and she's like, but I'll be cold. And he's like, no, you'll be warm and enough. You could and probably fly so fast that the very flesh on my body would tear away from my skeleton. <laughs> and she says, you know, Clark says that uh, that you're just like a man on wires, like Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. And Superman says, huh, Peter Pan flew with children Lois in a a fairy tale I'm all man and Lois is like sploosh (laughs) oh stop And Superman's like, let's go! And they fly into they the sky. They fly into the sky. And if it was just them flying around New York for ten minutes, I'd be perfectly fine. But no. That's, yeah, um, that's, see, Donner, that's what I was... who's been holding to the no silly things in this movie, decides to do the silliest fucking thing ever in any movie at any point. Would you want to tell him what they do, Steve? <laughs> he has, for some reason, he has uh, Lois compose a poem to Superman she as they're flying. She the, the Superman yeah. love theme. And, yeah, and... And we get to hear it while they're flying around. And yeah, if they would have just taken that bit out, I think this would be a kind of a perfect scene. Yeah, but as it, would it is. Be, yeah, instead, it is an awfulness that you want to fast forward through the moment is, she starts talking. It is, it is, and this is true, the only track on the original soundtrack to this movie, that I, which I do own, mm-hmm. that I always skip. <laughs> <laughs> To save uh, myself embarrassment, yeah. I really did not need to hear Lois Lane recite awful poetry at us. <laughs> While I'm trying to enjoy Superman flying around. Yeah, I don't, you know, don't get like, me wrong. Romance is fine, and that could have been a very romantic scene without that easily. crap in it. Yeah. But it wound up on the... Fu- it got, I mean, it made $300 million. <laughs> it's a well, look. It, it's a two. It's almost a two and a half hour movie. So you do, there's got to be a bathroom break built in there somewhere. Yeah. So you know, you're like, oh, this this seems like it's going to be going on for a while. <laughs> gonna, you know. <laughs> 
So then they fly the fuck around, she sings, they land, and he leaves, right? Yeah, and she says, after he leaves, she says, what a Superman. Hey, that has kind of a ring to it. Hey, this is weirdly something that my character wouldn't say. But okay, I'm saying it anyway. What a Superman. Well, they, they should have added, they should have punctuated it with a smoker's cough. What they should have done is have her say super as something that she says in earlier dialogue. Or that. Anyway, uh, but then she gets a knock at the front door, and who is it? It's Clark Kent, yeah. ace reporter for the Daily Planet. And he's like, hey, we're going out for timbers? We're going out yeah. to eat. You ready to go? Yeah. I'm trying to be charming as Clark Kent. And she's like, yeah, just a second. She's all dazed. Right. And he really, really strongly considers stupidly. <laughs> just, yeah, telling her I'm the whole truth. i tell her who I am. He takes off his glasses. He straightens up. He even calls to her as Superman. Yeah. He says, Lois, I, there's something I have to tell you. And then he chickens out. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or wises up, depending on how you look at yeah. it. <laughs> and goes right back to Clark. Right. And now, then that scene's over. Yeah. And then what do we cut to? Um, then we cut to uh, the, uh, Lex and company reading the interview, right? Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And, and which is like, oh, yeah. hey, look, everything we need to know about Superman. And, and a bunch of and a bunch of stuff we couldn't possibly know, but that Lex deduces yeah. somehow. And the thing that everyone needs to know is that Lex, this is how smart Lex is. He's like, I think I know something that probably hurt him. We got to find a meteorite. We're going to Addis Ababa. Let's go. And I guess they do that. They go. We don't get to see it. We but... hear about it. We hear that there was a break-in and someone stole the meteorite. Right. That was fun. Uh... <laughs> oh, that Lex. What a character. And then we cut back to the Daily Planet, right? Yeah. And everyone's, I guess, in a staff meeting or something. And all of a sudden, all the dogs in, in the city start barking, right? Yeah, yeah. And then... Because uh, Lois Clark... is gone. Lois has gone to California yeah. to talk about some crazy person's buying up all the garbage land and she's investigating it or something. Yeah. And she's taking Jimmy with her. With her. On his first assignment. Yeah. And, oh, that's right. Perry White's trying to give uh, Clark a pep talk. Yeah. About how to be and, a real reporter. And Clark hears the super hearing and just completely blows off his boss. Yeah, because Lex <laughs> Luthor is being like, hey, Superman, I know you're the only person that can hear me. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? I'm evil and I'm going to kill everybody in the city. How about them apples? <laughs> <laughs> I am not baiting you into a trap. <laughs> no. This is for real. Yeah, because all evil terrorists do this. They they tell their, their greatest foe exactly what they're doing. It's their Achilles heel. Yeah, so Superman drops out of a building and uh, has a power that makes his clothes disappear. <laughs> he magically changes clothes. <laughs> and uh, he, he, yeah, he, he follows the sound of Lex's voice mm-hmm. to locate his hideout, and he drills himself into the sidewalk. Yeah, he, he cautions everyone, please stand back, I'm going to drill a hole in the sidewalk. Yeah, because he cares about the people, and he doesn't want to hurt them inadvertently. Yeah, I know. He uses his superpowers. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so he drills down through the down below the street yep. and and goes finds Lex's hideout. Yep. And there's a funny scene where he's like he's breaking down the door. Yeah. And uh, uh, he he breaks through the door and Lex is there. He's and like, he's come like, in, it's open. <laughs> yeah, my attorney will be in touch about the door. And so now we have the part where the evil villain tells the hero what his plan is. Yes, in a ludicrous amount of detail. And in a ludicrous <laughs> plan that makes no scientific sense, right? Yep. Right, he's going to uh he's going to use one of the nukes that he has commandeered to intentionally trigger the San Andreas fault mm-hmm. to break off California to the west of the fault and have and it have sink it into sink the sea. And have it sink into the sea. Which would totally happen. Right. And and 
And then there'll be a whole new West Coast, which just so happens to be completely owned by him because he's the crazy person who's been buying up the desert. That's land. right. Now, do we cut to, briefly to Jimmy Olsen on the Hoover Dam? And, yeah, and, and Lois is driving around interviewing the Native American guy. Who just sold a bunch of land. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then we cut back to uh, Lex and Superman. Because they're just hanging out. <laughs> and he says, hey, yeah, but uh, you could all be stopped if you find my remote detonator. No, the, some yeah. Guga. Some little yeah. gadget. And again, he's like, and I'm totally not laying a trap this time either. Yeah. And Superman starts looking all around with his super x-ray vision. And he's like, oh, you diseased maniac. Did you really think you could hide it from me by putting it behind lead? And he flips, flips Luther up in the air, opens a box. <laughs> and that's not a Guga. <laughs> Oops. It's a glowing rock of death. Turns out that meteorite was kryptonite. Turns out Lex Luthor is very dangerous. <laughs> yep. And a little, and very sick, and oh boy, he's evil in this scene. Oh, and hey, I think we we, we breeze past one of my favorite lines in the movie, which mm. is where Superman has just heard Luthor's, you know, uh, ridiculous plot. Yeah. Uh, and he says, is this how a diseased mind like yours gets its kicks? By planning the death of innocent people? <laughs> and Lex, in a rare moment of just absolute cold evil, says, no, by causing the deaths of innocent people. <laughs> Like, oh, maybe he's not goofy all the time. Maybe he's kind of evil. <laughs> so uh, he conveniently has placed this uh, piece of kryptonite onto a ch- uh, a necklace. Yeah, it's a commemorative pendant mm-hmm. so that Superman will always remember their time So that together. Superman will always remember the day he died. Yep. Puts the necklace around him, and Superman says, you don't even care where the other missile is going. And he goes, of course I care. It's going to Hackensack, New Jersey. <laughs> and Miss Tessmark is like, but my mom lives in Hackensack, and this is maybe the coldest thing I've ever seen seed he doesn't even answer her he looks at no. his watch looks at her and just gives a little shake of his head <laughs> yep. and walks the fuck away like a boss <laughs> he doesn't even say yeah that sucks he just leaves her standing there like yeah i'm gonna kill your family sorry yeah so he puts the necklace around superman's neck and pushes him into their pool and then turns off the lights and walks away yeah which again classic super villainy mm-hmm. you know i'm going to just assume that my greatest nemesis has been taken care of meanwhile john <laughs> Ratzenberger from Cheers has launched the nuclear weapons. Whoops. And that's, he's just before he became famous for Cheers. Before he became Cliff, yeah. I mean, after, I mean, before Empire Strikes Back, because he's in that too. <laughs> he's in a, he, boy, he, that, if we just did the films of John Ratzenberger where he's barely in it, or he makes a cameo, we'd be doing <laughs> where, all of the Pixar films. <laughs> where, he, where he has that, oh, hey, isn't that, yeah, you exactly. know, that moment. We need a schlubby guy with a mustache. Get John Ratzenberger. Yeah, what's John Ratzenberger doing? Just kidding, I know he's free. Call him. Anyway, they launch the nukes, and oh no, they're not going where they're supposed to go. But there's nothing they can do about it, because they have some techno-babbly... Reason. Reason for an avoidance system. Yeah, nor do they notify where... They they don't even know where they're going to go. No. Right? Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Superman's been like, oh, I'm dying. And he sees Miss Tessmacher, and he's like, Miss Tessmacher, please fulfill little Jason's eight-year-old dreams and jump into the pool wearing a sheer white dress. (laughs) Please, Miss Tessmacher, get completely wet. <laughs> and that totally happens. And that happens. She jumps into the pool and uh, saves Superman. But be- oh, before she takes the necklace off, she gives him a kiss because she's yeah. a little sweet on it. Yeah. And she says, because oh, I didn't think you'd let me later. Yeah. And Superman's kind of like, oh, geez, you got to ask. That's not cool. <laughs> I, I was dying. I kind of have a girlfriend that I haven't even kissed yet. And when I do kiss her, she's going to be dead. <laughs> 
I'm just feeling a lot of funny <laughs> things right jumping now. Jumping ahead a little of the plot. But anyway, um, then she asks him, why can't I fall for the nice guys, of which he has no answer. Yep, he just tells her, stand aside. But he, she does make him promise, yes. you have to stop the missile that's going to Hackensack. And he says out loud, but Lois, Jimmy... And she's like, I don't know who they are. I don't know who those people are. It would only take give me about shit. ten minutes to probably figure it out who they who you're talking about. But you got promised to save my mom. Look at me, I'm completely wet. I'm practically yeah. naked. Superman, come on. And I'm like, he yeah, says, keep okay. keep fighting back and forth for at least fifteen more minutes. <laughs> I bet there's other things he wouldn't let you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the fanfic that could be derived oh, from this scene. Work. Anyway, uh, so he has to stop the first missile, and he chases after it, grabs it, and throws it up into space, right? Yep, and just as he has disposed of it, he turns around and looks back down at planet Earth, and to his horror, he is just in time to see the second missile go boom. Yeah. Yep, and he's like, oh, shit. Fuck balls. <laughs> Holy shit. And, um, oh, that was the other thing. Um, that when the other missile diverts, that's when Lex figures out that Superman has gotten away. Yeah, yeah, and because yeah, the, yeah, the, the missile headed for Hackensack all of a sudden just goes flying into space yeah. and Lex is like what the fuck but the other nuke has gone boom boom and Superman's like fuck I got so much cleanup to do because the whole state is now having an earthquake and uh, let's see the Hoover Dam breaks breaks even though the Hoover Dam is, isn't in California yeah, and they didn't build a town right at the base of the fucking dam okay can you explain this to me I know it's just a model town the worst model town I've ever seen and a model yeah. dam. But who builds a town literally at the mouth of the other side of a dam? Who thinks that's a good idea? Nobody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But uh, he gets there, and Jimmy is about to fall off the face of the dam, and then he saves Jimmy, and then uh, he causes a landslide that creates a secondary dam so that the town doesn't get uh, doesn't get uh, flooded. Flooded just, this time. Just a few of the houses get crushed <laughs> by falling boulders. Um, <laughs> then he's got to uh, save some school children on the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, and then he he, he saves the train by bridging yeah, the gap by in bridging the tracks the gap with his body. With yeah. the body, which I don't think would actually work, but... But okay. Fuck it. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> and then he goes, hey, I know what I could do, but something else has been happening that he didn't notice. And that was a great big cartoon crack opened up in the <laughs> road behind behind Lois Lane's car, and the car went down into the crack, and then started to chew her up like a great big mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and she realizes, damn, I picked the worst day possible to wear this white suit. Yeah, and she, the, the bunch of dirt goes into the car, and it's actually really awful. It's an yeah. awful death. Especially when you're like five years old yeah. <laughs> watching this movie for the first time and you're like oh my god but it gets worse <laughs> so superman then goes into the fault line yeah and, and then lifts up the fault right yeah and he sticks some books under it to, <laughs> to keep it from falling back down to level it off you know and the earthquake stops and he gets up wait a minute now i'm trying to remember how the sequence of events because no we i think the yeah up. yeah the the earthquake stopping we just talked about happened first yeah he stopped the earthquake the first then fixing he, the dam happened then he last. got the school kids then he yeah. got the dam and he's looking around at his work and he's like okay everything's good and then a super hearing picks up the choking last dying gasps of Lois Lane and he books it he's like yeah. oh fuck uh oh and he gets there and he sees the car and it's in the crack and he lifts the car up out of the ground he rips the door off throws yeah. it behind him kills three people <laughs> 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 we're just walking past going we're here to I help 
ironically, it lands in the town that he just saved from flooding and kills like seven people. He he pulls Lois Lane out and she is D-E-A-D dead. Oh my, yes. Uh, kisses her and it's real quiet. Yeah, yeah. And then something happens that burns into Jason's psyche for the rest of his life. Because <laughs> Superman is not gonna let this stand. <laughs> He has a super huge freak out. Yeah. And he, oh my God, yes. He screams and it's the build to the scream. Yeah. Because he's weeping yeah. and he's... He wells up to it. Yeah. yeah. And then he just blasts off Earth and he's like, I'm going to do what everyone told me not to, to the point which I'm going to hallucinate my dad in the clouds. <laughs> yeah. And what's great is that he he hears the voices of both dads. Yeah. He, he hears, hears Jor-El saying, going. it's forbidden. And then he hears Jonathan saying, you were here for a reason. Yeah. And also you couldn't save me either yeah yeah way to go son i'm still dead (laughs) exactly i'd be proud of you if i were alive 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 (laughs) (laughs) and so now comes the most controversial thing in this movie that everyone wants to argue about and he flies up into space and he starts flying really really fast around the earth like super fast like light speed fast if you count the number of times that he circles the Earth in a second, he is traveling faster than the speed of light. Yeah. Because the Earth is a certain circumference around, and light travels at a specific speed. That is how fast he's traveling. Now, other people said, you don't reverse time by reversing how Earth um, the how Earth spins. Yeah. Which is, I don't think, what he's doing. I think what he's literally doing is going faster than the speed of light and traveling back in time. Right. Which is what he's doing. He's traveling back in time, and everything's fixing itself. Yeah, everything's sort of rewinding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, which I don't understand because after he does all the rewinding, everything fixes itself. He slows down, comes, lands, doesn't stop any of the missiles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's there's there's some inconsistency and in like oh, there's wait, no earthquake no more. <laughs> yeah, but but yet the, he 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 touches down and finds Lois, and Lois still remembers like the earthquake. Does she? Yeah, she says there are telephone poles falling down all around me. Oh, Remember yeah, yeah. Jimmy? Jimmy comes running up and he's like he remembers Superman rescuing him from. From the dam and leaving him by the side of the road because he's like yeah. thanks for dropping me by the side of the road superman so yeah so it doesn't make a lot of sense it doesn't make any sense anyway um she's like where have you been you know blah, 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 blah. and he's like sorry Lois, i've been kind of busy Jeez, i saved i just i broke the laws of physics for this day what is she doing <laughs> and she's like oh i'm sorry and he's like that's okay and you think oh they're gonna kiss they don't because <laughs> jimmy comes running up he got his kiss he kissed her dead body that's the kiss you're getting between superman <laughs> that's all and lois get. lane in this movie yep and then he flies off, and then Lois goes, hey, yeah, too bad Clark's not here to see Superman. And she's almost going, hey, you know, Clark is never around when Superman's around. Oh, no, that's crazy. Clark's a fucking nerd. <laughs> and then Superman captures um, Lex Luthor yep. and Otis. And Otis. Drops him off at the penitentiary. And uh, Lex Luthor take, finally takes off the wig, the horrible wigs that he's been wearing, and says, I'm Lex <laughs> Luthor. Be afraid. Because <laughs> I'll kill every goddamn one of you. <laughs> I've got an ego the size of the universe. <laughs> and... Uh, then he flies away. Yeah, and the the, the warden thanks him yeah. and says, "This country's safe thanks to you, Superman." And Superman, ever the modest hero, says, "Oh no, warden, don't thank me. We're all on the same team." Yep. And the warden's like, "Whatever." Uh huh. You could kill me without even thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then uh, he flies up into space and uh, looks directly at the camera. Yep. He breaks the fourth wall, <laughs> another of his powers. Fourth wall? <laughs> Does he wave? Am I remembering that right? No, he smiles. He smiles. He smiles and flies off out of frame. Now, yep. before everyone has a freak out, Superman has been breaking the fourth wall since the fucking comic books. Yeah. The surreptitious wink. Yeah, He's exactly. Been winking at us from the comics and from the serials he, and from the cartoons. George Reeves, George Reeves George did it all Reeves the time. George did it constantly. Yeah, yeah. Which means two things. He's insane. <laughs> <laughs> or he's got a nervous tick. But I think it's more fun for me to think that Superman thinks an entire audience of people is along with him all the time. Yeah, it keeps him honest. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, he flies off and uh, the movie is over. Yay! Yay! So, Steve, uh-huh. what's your opinion of <laughs> the classic film, Superman, the movie? The movie. Overrated. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, it's, oh it's wow! Of, my... of all the things I expected to hear you it's say, one of, no, it's one of my obviously it's one of my favorite movies ever. I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's one of the first movies I ever loved as a child. I was maybe five years old, if maybe even younger, when I saw it for the first time. Um, and it's I I love it. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Um, Christopher Reeve is always going to be my Superman, mm-hmm. uh, not just because he was the first one, but because I really feel like in his performance and in the way the character is written in this movie. Um, you know that's that's the that, that to me is the most resonant version of Superman. Mm-hmm. You know that he's a he's just fundamentally a decent person. It's important to him to use his powers to help people. Um, he's he's someone who saves people, who helps people, who tries to make people safer. He's not he's really if you look at the way he's portrayed in in this movie and even in Superman two to an extent, even though there's a lot more action in Superman two, he's not really an action hero. No. Like most of his using his powers is devoted to stopping bad things from happening mm-hmm. or or to you know rescuing people not to having fist fights and, and beating people up right um and yeah i just it's i mean it's it's one of my most beloved films i uh i can't say enough i can't be impressed enough with christopher reeve as superman like there are there are moments in this movie where you you it, it, i know going in now that i'm an adult and i know the backstory and i've seen the movie like a million times this was christopher reeve's first major film role and he is so confident and and so self-assured and he's standing there on a soundstage mm-hmm. in spandex and a cape you know <laughs> playing this character doing something that had never really been done like this before where it wasn't supposed to be a joke it wasn't being winked at it wasn't people going okay we know this is stupid but here we go you know right he he completely owned it and it's amazing and and his comic timing as Clark is just terrific and I mean I just can't say enough good about Christopher Reeve and uh, I mean it, it, we we'll, I'm sure we'll get into the the shortcomings of the movie because mm. there are plenty there are plenty of them oh, yeah. but uh, overall it's one of those movies that to me uh, like it's it's greater than the sum of its parts for all of the times when it kind of screws up or it does things that you look at and you think why the fuck did that happen Mm -hmm. and there are quite a few of those uh it's it you come out of it at the end thinking like damn that was a good movie and at least when i watch it and i I feel good i've never not felt good after watching superman um i love this movie too i wouldn't say it's one of my favorite films of all time but what i love about this film and i'm gonna try to divorce myself from nostalgia and all that other stuff because yeah i do have admit i did see this in the theaters when i was a little kid yeah but watching it now and viewing it strictly as a film the thing that i like about it is i know that where this takes place in history there this is despite the fact that they say they're a metropolis they're in the mid-70s new york and if you know anything about mid-70s new york it wasn't exactly the nicest place in the world (laughs) 
<laughs> New York was known as violent, criminal, awful, dirty. It was just, it was the lowest point New York had had in a really, really long time. And it was before they started building themselves back up again. And what I really enjoy about this film is the thing that I think is lacking in some later Superman films. And that is, it was made at a time where cynicism was very high, right? Where we had this kind of cynical bent to heroism. And one of the things that I like about it is how they compare and contrast who Superman is and what he represents. He he is and represents something that people don't necessarily believe in anymore and openly mock because uh, they're kind of kitschy or homey or or naive. We'll put it that way. Yeah. And what I like about it is is that they manage to pull off a character that believes in these kind of quote unquote traditional values or whatever else. The thing that truly makes him another. I know that he's an alien and he has superpowers, but what really makes him other that really sets him apart from the other characters is that he has no guile, grit, or dishonesty. That he truly believes in all of this and all of this quote unquote hero stuff. And he puts his best foot forward to emulate that. And it's contrasted against uh, I'm gonna still say it's a relatively cartoony version of New York. We see yeah. lots of people, pedestrians, but they're like typical New Yorkers. But I think one of the reasons why my favorite one of my favorite scenes is when he first emerges as Superman and the very first person that sees him is is a pimp and it's not like oh openly mocking it's that is a bad outfit <laughs> yeah i like that contrast between semi more realistic gritty city and this guy who stands out so much because of what he represents which is you know honesty justice integrity and and that's what i like about the film everything else is goofy shit <laughs> this movie is chalked to the brim with goofy garbage and dumb science and things that just don't make sense. I think the people who did anything that had to do with space were on an acid trip the entire time. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, we glued cotton balls onto this hanging lamp and that's the red sun of Krypton. Yeah, go with it. How much did we, okay. spend, how much, how much did we spend on this again? <laughs> Clearly Donner I, was preoccupied with getting I, the dude to fly. this was post-Star <laughs> Wars. And maybe yeah. they were actively trying to make it not look like Star Wars. But I mean, the planets in Star Wars look like planets. Yeah, they look pretty good. They look like, hey, yeah. it looks like space. This, I don't believe a second of it. I mean, as nice as the model of Krypton is, it's just, it's a model. And yeah. the model work in this is not good. No, well, yeah, you brought up the, the town at the base the of the dam. The town at that... the base of Hoover Dam and Hoover Dam, that whole sequence is like yeah. watching someone play with their HO train set. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it is, and the same thing goes for the bus hanging off of the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. Now, there are limitations to the special effects and what they can pull off. I, I will concede that. But those special effects don't hold up. A lot of his flying sequences were done in front of a projection screen. Um, There's not a ton of blue screen. He did do a lot of no. wire work for flying. Yeah. For flying in and, and flying out of scene. And if, if you've ever worn one of those flying harnesses, I'm going to tell you right now, they hurt. <laughs> they, they hurt. They fucking hurt. <laughs> <laughs> they lift you in places that God never intended you to be lifted up by. Um, but despite all the goofiness and all the weirdness, it's the, the movie is still good despite this. It has a very strong script. It has a very strong attention to character. It gives importance to things that need importance. Pa I'm not joking. Pa Kent is in the movie for maybe a total of three minutes. Yeah. But his existence and death is extraordinarily important and treated as such. Exactly. Um, and a lot of people are like, we don't need an origin story for Superman. And 
I'll agree. We don't need one now. We needed one back in 1977. Um, and this origin story is long. It takes a long time to get him into that suit. <laughs> um, but it doesn't feel like that journey was not worth it. You know what I mean? It, no, they definitely. were saying things about the the formation of this character and why he is the way he is. Um, well, I, and you know, I, I and also just in terms of of the approach that the movie takes, I think one of the one of the the most crucial factors that makes it work as well as it does is that the movie and the director and the screenwriters, at least Tom Mankiewicz, uh, they're not embarrassed by the source material. You don't feel like they're constantly apologizing to the audience for the fact that you're showing them a movie about a guy in long underwear and a cape flying around. Mm -hmm. And and even today, when superheroes have been proven as a bankable commercial prospect, there are certain motion picture uh, superhero franchises who seem to be just falling over themselves to apologize to the audience or, 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 or to try to make the material more cool or more, you know, uh, contemporary or hip than than they think it, it originally was, and that mm-hmm. to me that and that's just death. I mean, one of the the great things about the Donner Superman is that it embraces its source material. Yeah, you know, yeah, it does. Well, to an extent, to, it embraces the spirit of it, not necessarily all of the details. Mm-hmm. Of it. Yeah, you don't necessarily feel like they're betraying the characters or 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 changing anything that would make like nowadays would make fans upset. All of the oh, stuff man. that is from the comics that needs to be in there is in there. They added a couple of things like the the, the crest, you know, the family crest. Yeah. On the chest they came up with that um and the fact that superman's costume is made from the materials out of his bassinet his space buggy or whatever you want to call it <laughs> <laughs> but it's the uh staying true to the characterization of the characters from the comic is what is is what's important and they don't stray too far from any of them. and um i'll forgive bad special effects so long as there are characters that are engaging and that i care about absolutely and that's what that's what happens in this film you wind up caring about the characters in it not so much jimmy <laughs> or or perry white but we're not supposed to yeah, they're just there because it's Superman, and yeah. they're part of the story. They're, yeah, they're characters. Yeah, they I will. S- I get to see Valley Perrine and it's clingy, all wet. How can I not like a movie that gives me that? I'd have to be a madman. You, yeah. How much? What more do you want? As, as Otis, <laughs> as Otis said, what more could anyone ask? Um, oh I yeah, and Gene Hackman helps too. Gene Hackman is so great <laughs> playing what could easily have been a terribly distracting character. I mean, because he finds the those little moments of menace in mm-hmm. between the one-liners and the, the scenery chewing yeah. that really ground you like you Lex is for the most part a cartoon character but he has those little moments like when you like you mentioned when he points at his watch and shakes his head about yeah, yeah. you know uh, Miss Tessmacher's t- talking about her mother living in Hackensack mm-hmm. or the moment I, I singled out where he says I'm causing the death of innocent people where it's like oh shit he's bad yeah. <laughs> like, he's I mean, not this just movie a, got a funny two guy big name stars they got Hackman and they got Brando and in a weird way it, you can compare and contrast how those two people approached the work that they were given. Brando yeah. g- barely gave two squirts of piss for this movie and applied almost nothing to it. And Hackman created a character. He had not played a character like this up to this point. He was known for like Popeye Doyle or the uh, yeah. or the, the, the priest in the Poseidon Adventure. I mean, he had not done too many comedies up until that point. And his his, his character is very comedic in this. Um, but he also hadn't played too many villains either. So True. he really got to stretch. He got to he got to do something that, he w- that was kind of out of his wheelhouse. And he nailed it. He nailed it really well. In fact, he created a Lex Luthor that's kind of hard to top. He's yeah, and, not, it, and that sort of became the Lex Luthor yeah, that most be, people thought of. Yeah, until yeah. of course Kevin Spacey. <laughs> well, now see, there you go again with your sucker punches. <laughs> I just, I just don't appreciate that. <laughs> it's not I end. <laughs> God damn it! 
you it's it's like it's it's like you're stabbing me with a kryptonite <laughs> shiv and then twisting it and breaking it off and making it a theater full of children cry <laughs> exactly um i will say you know maybe another difference another difference between like the the, the way brando does jor-el and the way hackman does luther is uh you couldn't really do the movie without lex luther you'd have to no. radically restructure the movie to to do this movie without lex luther yeah. but but most of brando's stuff at least from from where i sit from my mm-hmm. take on the movie you could lose almost all of that you could lose um, all of the crypt uh, the krypton stuff yeah that's you could thing. have and had I, him growing up being different and then he goes on this vision quest and he gets up to up to uh the fortress of solitude and yeah. a big glowy head tells him what's going on which i think would have been better dramatically uh, i i think it, because then you have the character discovering something about himself at the same yeah. time as the audience is discovering it mm-hmm. um the, the reason why the krypton stuff is there at the beginning and is and the reason why we stay on krypton for so long is because it's brando and they need to justify his presence in the film but honestly you could lose all of that well, i and think there's another thing this is really the first time that they ever filmed it yeah okay but it, it never it, uh, the the tv show which was arguably the most popular thing up until this movie came out touched on his alien birth this way uh, uh what is, uh, a a powerful visitor from another planet is all yeah. they say at the beginning of the of the tv series yeah. at the beginning of every show but to be fair that's all you need yeah i know i mean i and th- I, I, this is this I, again it's just it's just my take on the character but i mean to me krypton is backstory yeah to me i don't ever need to see krypton to me krypton is oh how comes this guy can fly and how comes bullets bounce off of him <laughs> oh he's a plant he's from a planet krypton okay got yeah. it that's all I need. Um, but and the, the shame of it is because this movie was so good and because it was so successful, mm-hmm. it's like it, it created this this pattern where now whenever they restart Superman, we have to start on Krypton. Yeah. You know, the, the, the the animated series did it. The first episode started because on Krypton. Nobody knows it, I guess. Yeah. You know, Man of Steel had like the first forty minutes on Krypton, and it's like this is we don't need any of this. All and, of these and, people die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's better actually dramatically not to have it because then Clark can figure it out as we go and we have that we share that journey with him but yeah. um, instead we get oh here's Krypton okay here's Clark he doesn't know anything that we just watched and now we get to hear all about it again because Clark has to Look, find out about how it how else are we going to <laughs> how else are we going to shoehorn in um, uh, clumsy biblical metaphors into this story if we don't include the stuff that happens on Krypton <laughs> you just you start with the sh- with you know you know here's He's what you space do. Moses Jesus <laughs> you well then you just that's what Pa Kent tells him in the barn when you have that scene he says look here's the deal you crashed in a spaceship we don't have any idea where the hell you came from but that's what happened yeah deal with that sit on that and then he has a heart attack and he dies <laughs> he dies <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> so, um, I, what I'm going to tell people is, is if you've never seen the original Superman, or if you have, and you're like, it's goofy shit. Yeah. I don't like it. It's fine. I can completely, believe me, when people say I don't like the original Superman or I prefer the other ones, I can completely understand why. Because they are looking for something completely different from Superman. And if you're looking for grittier, harder edge stuff, you're not going to find it in this. No. The, the, the toughest thing to take is his mental breakdown after Lois Lane cry, uh, dies. That's, yeah. that's a little, that comes, boy, that really hits you hard you're like oh, wow man. fuck yeah that really did just kill me as a kid I mean, <laughs> because see you you had a crush on miss tessmacher i had a crush on lois Ugh. and lois <laughs> how dare you and and honestly margot kidder's lois is still like my lois and yeah. uh and the only know, way so... it could get worse is if they recast her in a, in a later film and they took away everything interesting about her away <laughs> i'm flying to california and then just made I her a mother <laughs> 
I'm gonna I'm gonna hurt you. The one that lies all the time. <laughs> I'm gonna hurt you so bad, and I'm gonna make you feel my pain. Um, but yeah, so and then it's like the movie's like, hey, and hey, Lois is dead now. <laughs> so I was right there with Superman when he screamed and you know yeah. threw his threw, threw his interplanetary. I was more like, back hey, down. you always have Miss Tessmacher. Yeah. She's probably still wet and in the pool. Maybe you could just pick up your life and carry on. You know, yeah, she digs you. She'd probably even dig Clark. And Lex is going to prison, so she's available. <laughs> she's looking for a way out of that relationship, I can tell. <sighs> okay, my abuse of one of uh, Steve's favorite films aside, and I'm only joking, <laughs> Steve. Don't murder me. It's um, cool. It's cool. For those of you who don't know, Steve and I uh, are completely disagree about a certain Superman movie. A certain subsequent <laughs> Superman, Superman movie. movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that I've been throwing shade on <laughs> for the last 30 minutes. But see, but see, we, we also agree on yet another subsequent Superman movie. Oh, so, boy, you know, do we. We, we. we have, you know, areas of disagreement. Yeah. And we, like true friends, we come back together at yeah. the end. I so. accept him for, yeah. for loving what he loves. Exactly. You take he each other as you find each other. Me. No, I know. <laughs> This is the difference between between us because you just got done saying, you know, if you if you go back and you watch this classic Superman movie and you don't like it, that's fine. Yeah. And my opinion is if you watch this Superman movie and you don't like it and you prefer maybe the more recent one, you can die and go to hell. <laughs> I hope there's a hell hot enough for you. You okay, horrible we, human we being. We need to rush headlong into the recommend, not recommend. Yes, is, I'm sorry. It's we're getting hitting ugly. the two-hour mark going, on this show. I'm hurting people now, and I need to stop. I need to check myself. Steve, do you recommend Superman the movie? Yes, yes I you do. do. Great. I do. <laughs> so do I. I may agree that it may not be everybody's cup of tea, but it's worth a watch, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's okay. And, and just yeah, watch yeah. it. Yeah. And what, yeah. Do you, what do you recommend? Oh, you know what? I recommend uh, a documentary uh, about a misbegotten, never-made Superman movie uh, from the '90s called. Uh-huh. Superman Lives, which they were going to make with Nicolas Cage as Superman. They, they made a documentary about it last year called The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened? <laughs> and it is a really interesting movie. If, you, if you're if you interested in Superman or you're interested in film production, um, it is available uh, to rent on... Right now, the only place I could find it was you can rent it from the official website. Okay. Uh, which is T-D-O-S Actually, I think I saw it on Netflix or something just the other day. Is it still on Netflix? Or Amazon, I'm not sure. Yeah, just Google The Death of Superman Lives and you'll be able to find it. And it's, it's actually a pretty good movie if you're interested in either Superman or movies stuck in development hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to recommend Super. Ooh. James Gunn directed and wrote a little superhero movie about a psychotic person that kills people. Well, I mean, he kills... Well, actually, yeah, he kills a lot of people at the end of that yeah. movie. Spoilers. <laughs> um, it stars Rain Wilson, Ellen Page, and Liv Tyler, and Kevin Bacon, along with uh, James Gunn's go-to guys. Uh, Nathan Fillion's in it and oh what's his name Michael Rooker who's yeah. almost in almost all of his stuff and is one of those actors who needs more he needs more work guy he needs a starring vehicle so badly because I, I love that actor so much but anyway he's in a little bit part anyway it's about a crazy person who decides to dress up like a superhero to get his ex-wife back from yeah. Kevin Bacon who is a drug dealing scumbag and he hand makes an awful costume <laughs> 
<laughs> and Ellen Page is another psychotic who latches onto him as the sidekick. And uh, dark comedy hijinks ensue. It's kind of the polar opposite of Superman. Yes. Where this guy is a superhero for all of the wrong goddamn reasons. <laughs> but you can't help but like him and root for him. That's the that's the insidious part about Super. Yeah. Is that you can totally understand where this guy is coming from and why he's doing what he's doing. That sense of powerlessness and hopelessness that just falls over this person. And they, they're, believe me, they're, they don't hint at the idea that this person is mentally unstable. They flat out tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Not in dialogue, but in just the way he imagined things and the way things happened. Super, super came out. It, it got very good reviews. Um, I think it was an IFC film. And uh, this is the movie that got James Gunn, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. You can believe that shit. <laughs> a slight tonal shift. And now he's a multi-begillionaire, and he, we're never going to see a movie like this from him ever again. So uh, go see it. Super. You can find it on Netflix. You can find it everywhere, right? Yeah, it's a great movie. I agree. Okay, it's that's it. Movie. This is the longest podcast we've ever done, and it was for Superman the fucking movie. <sighs> I like that. Uh, Superman the fucking movie got the longest one that we've ever done. <laughs> Superman Not with the, the win. fucking movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, that's what it was called in Little Italy. Superman the fucking movie. <laughs> like, I wouldn't know it was a movie unless they told me that. Well, they think I'm stupid? Eh. Rocky. They didn't say Rocky the fucking movie, did my they? My no. favorite movie is The Bicycle Thief. I know my movies. Don't talk to me like I'm stupid. <laughs> oh, you mean Bicycle Thief the movie? <laughs> fuck out of here. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm gonna go watch the song of the pit. Sorry, I wouldn't pity the movie? <laughs> You're fucking dead. <laughs> Say the movie again one more time, motherfucker. Say it. Say it. Why are you afraid of you? <laughs> All the right. movie. The movie. Wait, do something. <laughs> okay, thanks for spending two hours listening to two old men talk about a really old movie that has an entire musical uh, poetry section in it. Ah, we appreciate you. And now Lois Lane would like to recite her poem about fucking Superman. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <sighs> My day with Superman. <laughs> John Williams is like, I have to score this. Uh, oh my god! Actually, I think he did the theme, and then someone added lyrics yeah. to it. And John and Williams he was... could be heard swearing during the premiere. <laughs> you're, you're raping my music. <laughs> From the darkness, you could hear the undis- the the unmistakable, unmistakable sound of John Williams cursing up a blue streak as he stomped up the aisle and fled the theater. Anyway, that's our review of Superman. Do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? Do you hate Superman? Do you hate him as much as Lex Luthor? Or do you love? Superman? Do you love him as much as Lois Lane and you write sonnets about him? Uh, let us know. Hey, is there a movie that is a classic that you think we need to review? Then let us know that too. Just go to Let Me Listen Podcast website, go to the contact page and uh, and yeah, do it. Send us <laughs> we like it. It's good. I promise we're not going to do two hours on anything else. I promise you we won't be doing two hours on Batman v Superman, Dawn uh, of the whatever's the movie. <laughs> we'll be lucky if we can last 15 minutes through that one. We It might be good. Stop it. That's true. Without judgment. That's true. You're right okay so until next week everybody this has been jason harding and that's steve shives uh, you're supposed to tell him to go see a movie this no week. i'm gonna i'm gonna fix it up or i'm gonna say this okay. is jason harding you're gonna say this is steve shives and then i'm gonna say go see a movie next week and then you do your, your move on okay let's do that it works out better okay let's do uh, that live let's do it here talk it out here okay. on the show <laughs> i like it all right until next week everybody this has been jason harding and this has been steve shives and go see a movie next week or this week i fucked it up <laughs> there's some week i can't fucking god damn it <laughs> 
do you, do, you, do you still want me to do my little bit with the quote? Yes, do it. Okay. Remember, everybody, and this is especially appropriate now, we all have our little faults, and mine's in California. You sick bastard, Lex. Ugh, a pun? Seriously? I'm drowning here. A pun is the last thing I'm gonna hear? <laughs> I could, well, uh, good night, sweet prince. I do How that about one a little later. you've been a valiant adversary? Or anything yeah, like I that? I mean, we, we just met each other. No, do you know what? You're, oh, I'm, I'm breaking my rule. As soon as I'm out of here, I'm killing you. I'm killing you, Lex. Not for nearly killing millions of people in California. Not for being an evil fucktard. But for the pun. You're dying for the pun, Lex. This is a wig, you know. I'm not, I'm actually <laughs> bald. Oh, is that why you do everything? Yeah, it's insecurity. Oh. I'm just compensating. See, now now you're going to feel bad when you kill me. Hey, how are you going to kill me, by the way? Are you going to snap my neck for no reason? <laughs> when goodbye, there are, when, everybody. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. This show is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to contribute as little as $1 a month to help fund this podcast, please visit our website at www.lemmelistenpodcast.com and click on the Patreon logo. If you can't, or just don't want to, no biggie. Late Seating is a Lemmy Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Music by Kevin McLeod. Produced by Jason Harding. You can find more Lemmy Listen podcasts at our website at www.lemmylistenpodcasts.com. You can also find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes under Lemmy Listen. Please like and leave a review. And thanks for listening.